Australia. Quay Cooper for the win. It's on its way. It's on its way. It's gone. Quay Cooper is the man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. We have an absolutely incredibly special episode for you this week. It is the second episode of the week. Mitch and Ando are here with you. And more importantly, we have Australian Sevens men's coach, John Menenti. John, how are you? I'm terrific. Thanks, fellas. Uh, Thanks for having me on board and uh, looking forward to having a chat. Mate, it's absolute pleasure and privilege to have you on board. So paint us a picture of what this weekend has been. It's been a long weekend for you. Had much of a chance to be at home with the family? I have. Um, we obviously have been travelling a fair bit lately and uh, and I gave the players uh, and staff uh, a, a long weekend, which we don't get to do very often. Uh, and it was really nice to uh, to be able to share the, the, the good weather in Sydney and, and, and get out and about with my family. How good. Well, that was actually one of the questions I was thinking of um, in preparation for this. How, what is the kind of life of a sevens player and a sevens coach look like? Is it kind of nine to five Monday to Friday outside of the regular um, competitions that you have overseas? What do things look like on a regular basis for you? Yeah, pretty much. And we've got, um, we've got a small contracted group of players who are, you know, when I say Monday to Monday, to, you know, when I say Monday to Friday or normal week, I suppose, um, so we're in, uh, we're in from about seven thirty on a on a normal day. Uh, all the players are in from about seven thirty and and until, you know, anywhere between I suppose you know four and five o'clock, depending on what day of the week it is and what we're mm-hmm. what we're doing and 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 how we can work our, uh, our you know our training venues around with uh, with obviously the girls program. The Wallabies say are in this week. Some of the Wallabies have been in, so we sort of have to use you know share fields and gyms around. Uh, but yeah, we're we're very much a normal sort of uh, normal like a like a, Wall- a Waratahs or or Reds program where we're in every day basically. And you mentioned that there's a core group of people who are kind of full time contracted. How many players within a group would be full time contracted, and how many would be kind of part time or on casual contracts? So we've got six that are on full time contracts. Um, you know, say through till the end of twenty three. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, another um, half a dozen at the moment, which are on contract, yep. uh, on short-term contracts. Um, you know, at the moment, sort of working through Commonwealth Games uh, and into the World Cup, being our, uh, you know, our sort of two big tournaments this year. So, uh, you know, we're obviously looking to expand that and build that a bit. Um, but at the moment, that's where we're at. Yeah, I um, wouldn't be surprised if some of the cutbacks have happened after the COVID uh, challenges of the last couple of years. Has that been had a pretty yeah. big impact on the Sevens program? Yeah, it did. I mean, um, uh, you know, the men had, um, you know, 18 to 20 players previously contracted or, or you know, leading into COVID and, and on the back of, on the back of, you know, obviously financial stress and, 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 and us not playing and, and, and uh, tournaments not happening and international travel not happening, that got uh, reduced. And, and like I said, now we're in a phase where we're, we're looking to build up, you know, sensibly um, and, and, you know, obviously part of that is, I suppose, is my brief is to make sure that we're, you know, we're built, we're building, you know, smartly and not just wasting money and, and making sure that the people that are coming in are capable of competing at the next level. So, yeah, that's part of the briefs. And you mentioned before uh, sharing facilities with the Wallabies and, and the women's team. How much crossover do you have with, say, the Waratahs, um, some of the Shoot Shield clubs, uh, just in terms of training and developing the players and, and getting them ready for the international season? We did a bit with the Waratahs pre-season. Um, worked worked together. They they hosted 
um, sort of hosted the sessions. And of course, we only had at the time sort of half a dozen contracted players. We, we sort of got more out of us going to them and sort of being part of their session. Um, and then throughout the season, we've had some of their younger guys and some of their development players come and, come and train with us at various stages. Um, so a little bit there. With the Shoot Shield clubs, it's sort of an ongoing thing. I'm, I'm very well aware that, you know, they're preparing to perform and, and, and don't want to have, you know, players getting, uh, you know, sort of used as tackle bags midweek. But, you know, ultimately what I'm trying to do is give opportunity to guys that have been consistent performers throughout the Shoot Shield for a period of time and trying to give them opportunities to, to come in. And, and as I suppose, you know, um, it's been a, it's been a good... Uh, it's been a good start point for, for for giving guys opportunity. So it sort of works very much hand in hand with you know with us trying to support them and give opportunities to these guys and, and also not take away from I suppose from the clubs that are you know relying on these guys to turn out for them and and you know they've developed them and, and brought them along to to being where they're at now you know. And how do you find that um that balance between bringing in uh, a young a uh, young player who's come sort of out of the school system who's played a lot of sevens for their schools um, and then a player who's in the shoot shield system who is maybe more 15s orientated and, and a bit more experienced as a player. How do you find balancing the squad with those two different types of players? Well, I suppose that's, you know, at the moment we've got what, you know, we're, we're saying it's a development program as in we want to be um, producing um, wallabies that come through as 18 year olds out of school that we're, we're part of their contracting uh, system where they might have a year with us before they go and join the Waratahs or the Brumbies or uh, which, whichever super franchise. So it's part of their development, but but we're also a developing program that we want to stand on our own two feet. We want to be successful. We want to win tournaments um, and and become our own identity. So it, it's a, it's a twofold role we have, you know. And so to do that, we actually we need both of those sort of players, you know, the mm. the successful. Um, sort of transition I've had with some of the guys at the moment are guys that are consistent performers that shoot shield for three or four years, you know, uh, Benny Ma, Matty Gonzalez. Um, we haven't seen a lot yet of Timmy Clements, but Timmy Clements is, is, is one of the, um, you know, most consistent performers in the shoot shield, Sydney Uni from fullback, uh, sorry, uh, fullback from Sydney Uni. Um, and he's had it run into a couple of injuries, but he's played a bit around that. And these guys are, you know, they've got really good head on their shoulders. They're handling the international competition, the handling, the pressure, the handling, the intensity of it. So um, from that point of view, we need that. Uh, but mm. equally, you know, we've got uh, Benny Dowling is a really good example of a, of a you know, under 20s player um, who has come in, um, done outstandingly well, playing on the World Series in pressure moments mm. will be fantastic for his long-term um, development as a 15s player. Um, and, and he will ultimately end up playing 15s, no doubt. But uh, you know, we're going to be a really important stepping stone for him. Yeah, there's so many questions to unpack there. Before I kind of get more about that transitional pathway between 7s and 15s, I might just kind of comment on where you guys are at at the moment with the most recent gold medal coming out of the London competition, currently sitting second on table, two points behind South Africa, two bronze, two silver, one gold. That consistency that you guys have had across the entirety of the year has been impressive. How proud are you of the playing group for them to be able to have that consistency despite the challenges the last couple of years have brought? Mate, incredibly proud. Um, that was probably my biggest um, thing that I wanted to achieve uh, in starting with these guys was just getting them to be consistent. Like I know they've been good at various stages over the last few years, you know, 
and won, uh, won or pushed, sorry, they haven't won a lot of tournaments, but they've been up there and thereabouts and, and have the ability to win, but they just haven't been able to be consistent and mm. you know, they've fallen off. So that was the biggest thing. And, and to do that, we had to be consistent in our training because we couldn't just talk about being consistent in performance without being consistent in training. So I think we're starting to get there. We've still got a long way to go, but we're starting to get consistent around our intensities of training and replicating that day in, day out. Um, and that started to, you know, show that we can be consistent in tournaments. Um, and we're still with a young group. You always are going to have um, inconsistency for a period of time. And, 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 you know, I suppose the gap between our best and worst performance is getting less. So that's mm. that's what I'm trying to trying to get out of them. Um, and and we're, we're certainly heading down that path. Um, my assistant coach, I'll probably... Or probably, you know, is James Stannard, is Chucky Stannard, who's a great competitor, um, and and he's been he's been excellent uh, working with with the boys and working with me and the boys around around some target areas we've really focused on. But but it's all been about consistency, um, and then that uh, that reward in London was really special, you know. And, and mm. I think um, only one of the boys, Morris Longbottom, played in the in the 2018 side, which won in Sydney. Mm. Um, so none of the boys had won a a, a gold medal before on the World Series, um, so that starts to help. That builds a bit more belief, and they start to think, you know, what we, yeah, we beat the Kiwis a few times now. We just beat the Saffirs, um, you know, Samoa, a really good team. We've we've beaten them, you know. So um, I think it's um, I think it's great that um, you know that that reward or that 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 carrot, I suppose, that if they do the work, if they stay consistent, they can actually see the results, and and that was really important for us. And and ultimately, it's it's you know obviously there's some of the teams haven't been at the whole World Series, which, which probably you know um, makes things look a little bit better uh, for us than what it could be. Obviously, Fiji and and New Zealand missed different legs, but but you know we've had them there for the last four tournaments and we've been in the mix all around that. So yeah. I think it's you know I think it's fair to say that um, you know we 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 may not you know we may not all finish second you know first second or third you know we're going to finish in that mix somewhere and it's probably where we are and it's probably as a statement of where men's sevens is so competitive you know mm. there's not a um there's not a tournament where you know someone doesn't put their hand up you know at london it was us you know the tournament before in in, in vancouver was argentina like there's mm. always a team there's fiji and new zealand and south africa they're they're really constant you know, and then and now we're starting to get Argies there or thereabouts all the time. We've been thereabouts. Uh, USA have have good tournaments. You know, what I mean, so Ireland have been superb lately. So it's just so competitive, and 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 you know, any any one of seven or eight teams can win it. Um, you know, we saw in in uh, Toulouse, which was the week before London, uh, South Africa and New Zealand were were playing off for for ninth spot. So it's you know that that's that's not a reflection of them not doing well. It's a reflection on on the competition being so competitive. And that's um, I'll jump in there, Mitch, if that's all right. I mean, when you look at some of the people that were within the squad, particularly the London squad, you've basically got what. Hutchinson, Maloof and Longbottom that are probably the most experienced of the team. Um, how is it then, what what are you doing within those three players or the more experienced ones in order to set the standards and make sure that they're um, basically setting the right example for the rest of the younger players to be following? Well, uh, Nick Maloof is captain. He's an outstanding um, person. He's an outstanding leader. Um he sets a great example with everything, how he lives his life, how he how he trains, his work ethic. He's superb. Um, Henry Hutchinson, who has who has been is our vice captain, has been there 
he actually broke his hand, broke his thumb at training on the Thursday, or his finger, sorry, on uh, on the Thursday before we played. Um, coach decided to do a contact session, which obviously wasn't smart, but we lost, <laughs> we lost, we lost, uh, we lost him. But he's been superb around the leadership too. So we don't have a lot of experience, but those two in particular have been fantastic. Um, and I've really seen uh, great development in, in, in Morris Longbottom and Moses, as we call him. Uh, Moses, you know, really starting to, um, you know, become a strong leader and, and, it's, and he's improving with that um, side of things. Uh, and the other one who I suppose is the next most captain, still you know, not very many still, but is, is, is Joshy Turner. He's, the, he's sort of the, the fourth one of the, you know, of, of that, but he's, he's sort of, you know, been around for a few years, but, but caps wise is, is you know, is, is still a long way off the other guys. But so it's a, it's a very inexperienced World Series group. But in bringing in uh, the likes of, like I said, Ben Maher and, and, and Matty Gonzalez, um, Max Bury was at this tournament, um, Stu Dunbar. Um, these guys are guys that have been, you know, they're not 18-year-old uh, boys. They're, they're guys that are seasoned first graders. They're used to week-in, week-out competition. Um, they don't get rattled uh, by names and oppositions and, and, and in fact, um, really embrace the, I suppose, the, the challenge and the opportunity to go out against the best team. So... Yeah, that's been really important uh, for us, and 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 you know, as as much as you know, those two or three guys are very strong leaders. We now have a, a, a just a more mature group mm-hmm. of guys that are that are, that are handling the experience. You know, and how do you find keeping the team on task or keeping them motivated and um, the continuity flowing between tournaments? So we saw London was a few weeks ago, and we've got a few weeks to go to the next tournament. Sometimes in the World Series, you've only got a week or two. Yeah. Sometimes you've got I mean, six we, or so. We bounced from, uh, we went Singapore, Vancouver, two weeks off, two and a half weeks off. Then we flew to uh, France and London. So, you know, in those weeks, you, you sort of, you're in maintenance mode. You're just trying to, you know, almost get through the fatigue of the travel and the tournament and then, you know, refocus work on a couple of little areas where you might, uh, you know, you might feel you can get some short-term, um, you know, short-term pay. And then, uh, and then you roll into the next one. And, and you know, now we're, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still just sort of getting over the the London tour and we're, you know, well, like I said, we're starting to wind up now for, you know, for Commonwealth Games, which is, which is, you know, six weeks away, but we go to New Zealand next week for a little um, Oceana mm. pre, pre-tournament. So, you know, you've really got to map your year out well when you can get big training loads in, um, you know, again, making the boys resilient around training and consistency of training is really important. You know, I suppose when we took over, uh, so we, Chucky and I, when we took over the boys, you know, we, we, we got a lot of injuries because we started pushing pretty hard um, from a physical point of view and, and we did break we did break a few, but they're, they're getting more resilient around that now and, and, and understanding what, you know, what demands that we, we feel they need to, you know, put in to, to, to be able to play like the way we play. So, um, you know, that's that's an important part of their transition. And, and again, it's difficult when you don't have a big squad because as soon as you get injuries, you start, you know, you, you're literally tapping guys on the shoulder that haven't even been in with you, you know. So mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, that's part of the challenge, but but we, we embrace it and, and, and the boys are really accommodating around bringing guys in um, and, and, and giving them um, all the support they need to, to be able to aim up at tournament time. Talking about when you took over the team, um, that was in what, late December when you swapped with Tim Walsh? Is that Christmas, right? Christmas basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sort, of, sort of handed over at Christmas, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, when we look at the team that you had in London compared to the team that started the whole series back in Dubai in what November of the previous year, um, there were six entirely new players. You had Manny Gonzalez as well from Eastwood, who I assume you're very, very familiar with as a director of rugby out there. Uh, Benny Dowling as well from Roundwick. And I mean, obviously we've named a few already. Is that level of turnover from the beginning of a series towards the latter stages of it normal? Or is there a reflection of basically the change of coach and change of style that you've wanted to integrate with this new group of players? I mean, a bit of both. A lot of it just came from necessity. I mean, we just didn't have, we just didn't have players. There were guys that were released um, due to COVID circumstances and, and had sort of moved on or stopped training or gone in different directions. And, and you know, we sort of used the opportunity, I suppose, to to, to give some, some other guys a go. And, and like I said, it was, to me, you know, obviously I'm very closely affiliated with with the Shoot Shield and, and you know, I'm watching, you know, for, you know, since 2000 and actually since forever because I've played that. <laughs> but I mean, I've sort of watched, you know, I've watched anything from, from, from one to, you know, five games of rugby of Shoot Shield every week. I know, you know, 80% of the players, if not more in the competition, I know who's consistent, I know who does well. So I think it's a really good resource, which, you know, given we don't have a really strong um, development sevens programs, you know, in, in in playing because obviously all the guys are playing, you know, in the shoot shield. It's it's a brilliant tool for us to use. And and you know, I suppose my next thing is to really try and get into the hospital cup. And and, and I've started watching a lot of that. I've got guys up there that are, are spotting for me and, and 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 telling me who's going well up there, so I can sort of you know track those guys. Um, you know, that's like I said, we've got these great feeder systems we, we, which we need to use. And what do you find, like, what type of player do you find transitions best from 15s into 7s? Oh, traditionally, you traditionally you're, um, you know, your centres and centres and wingers because, you know, you, you, you know, the way they build centres these days, they're built like basically forwards, you know, mm-hmm. so um, they can sort of play your forward, fast forward roles and then and then your wingers obviously speed wise. Um, and then your your ball players are probably more running ball players than than traditional, um, you know, uh, catch pass kickers sort of thing, you know. So, um, the, the, you know, like I said, the guys that, um, you know, Josh Turner is a great example of a, of a running sort of ball player, you know, more so than somebody who who plays a traditional 15s role, um, you know. So, those guys transition best back rowers. Um, you know, again, back rows pretty well, but again, I mean, back rows are getting so big now. You know, in, in I mean, with the Wallaby boys, some of the Wallaby boys from Melbourne were up training in the gym. I just couldn't believe how big that. You know, they're just getting enormous. So, um, and they trained, did some training with us, and when we started training, it was like I'm glad I don't have to tackle them, but they they struggled to to run with us with the speed that we were we were playing at. So, it's probably starting to get a bit away from the from the bigger back rows, but there's certainly still plenty of back rows which are which have appealed to us. You know. It's been really interesting seeing the um, impact that Tim Anstey's had over at the Force, obviously coming from the Sevens program. And uh, when he when he started, he had a few breakout moments mm-hmm. where he just he almost seemed to have a bit more of a heads up play about him. He he was able to exploit a few more breaks and a few more opportunities than you would regularly see forwards do. Um, but also he's really had to, at least from my layman's perspective and viewing of him, had to adjust to the increase in physicality as well and the requirement as as a um, back rower to really just be doing that stuff in tight that I'm sure he wasn't used to. Um, it, how is it when you watch as a coach or from your sevens perspective, these players transitioning across, particularly in the forwards? 
Well, I mean, the big, you know, the biggest thing in sevens, every, everything that happens in fifteens happens in sevens. It just happens with more space around you. So, mm. you know, if you if you miss a tackle, generally the consequences, you know, are, are fairly high. You know, if you miss a ruck, if you miss your detail at the ruck, you get penalised. I mean, oh, oh, you know, the the funniest thing is still, like I said, having a hand in fifteens. There's not a ruck I see in fifteens that wouldn't be penalised every time in sevens. Every time, you know. But, but you know, I don't expect it to be obviously. But I'm just saying, if 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 you did the same things, you wouldn't. So so you know, your your detail and your accuracy in sevens is so much more heightened because of the speed of the game um, and the fact that you're isolated with no one around you to, to to support you if you if you get it wrong or if you make a mistake, the referee sees it. So I think it's a great. Uh, it's a great tool for for guys, you know, who are going to 15s. Obviously, the, you know, the biggest thing is that physicality becomes a different level of physicality. I mean, it's still very physical in sevens. It happens fast and one on one, but you don't have the, you know, you don't have the hundred and you know, hundred and twenty kilo bloke running at you, sort of, you know, um, at, at the same sort of uh, ferocity as you do the, the sevens guys, you know. And we've seen uh, through history some players have made that transition from sevens into 15s, like Tim Anstey and Dylan Peach this year who've done really well. Um, we've also seen some players like Samu Krevi go from 15s into 7s and do quite well and go sort of back and forth. Out of some of the players that probably have transitioned into the 15-man game and haven't gone so well, is there any ideas why they might not have um, excelled as well? You know, it's a hard one. It's where you go. It's where your opportunities come. I mean, I think... You know, I think ultimately, you know, given the right time and team, most guys, you know, certainly playing at, at our level could 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 cope or handle um, 15s pretty well, you know, and, and vice versa. I think if you get enough time with any 15s player, you can you can certainly, you know, certainly not so much tight forwards, but certainly back rowers and, 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 and the rest of them, you can convert back into, into sevens. It's just a time which which probably really um, becomes the difficult thing because everyone wants a result now. They don't want to, uh, you know, they don't want to invest in somebody yeah. and have somebody on the playing roster, which they're paying for, you know, two years' time. They Everyone wants a quick fix and they want to sign someone who's ready to go now. So that's probably the hardest thing. But it's why the, the beauty of what we're trying to do with these young guys coming through, we've got a... Um, a really talented boy called Darby Lancaster, um, who is is with us at the moment, and he's in a he's in a transition contract. So he has a year with us, and then next year we share him, and then the year after he he, he moves to the Waratahs, sort of thing. And it's a three year plan. He's only eighteen. It means by the time he's you know ready to go for the Waratahs, he's probably travelled the world as a played as a professional or trained as a professional, mm-hmm. travelled the world for two years. Uh, hopefully played in some great, uh, you know, some great matches and, and pressure tournaments in front of, you know, big crowds and, and, and got a lot of experience. But, you know, rather than just being a, I won't say a tackle bag in a nasty way, but, you know, just mm-hmm. rather than being an extra body or player 33, you know, um, or not even, um, you know, at the Waratahs now, he's actually mm-hmm. getting you know, high, you know, high level experience, high level exposure. Um, I like to think high level coaching and then he can roll, out of us into into you know into a, a super player when he's ready, um, and hopefully that's you know like I said if we, if we do our job and we work well with the task together we can have him ready to to be an asset for them in a couple of years you know and it's it's a good it's a good system it's a, it's a it's a system which which I think will be really beneficial for both um, sevens and super franchises mm. um, you know and we're not going to get everyone right but yeah. I think you know given that. You know that our, our head of rugby, Adrian um, Adrian Thompson, basically, you know, he's obviously 
getting the pick of the you know the pick of the kids out of school, which you know we're sort of you know, we're getting a look at and getting a chat to. So that's that's putting us into conversation straight away, and it's making sure that these guys aren't lost to. Uh, rugby league, or yeah. you know, or, or saying in some cases even Aussie rules, but you know, it's it's certainly competitive market out there, and anything we can do to keep them in rugby is um, is really important. Is this a new development pathway that um, Rugby Australia has brought in? Because as yeah. far as I'm aware, I haven't heard very much about it. Yeah, it is. We, we we've only just started basically the you know the philosophy on it. It's one of the reasons that we're sort of keeping our our contract numbers down is to is to you know is to try and draw. You know, from um, these young, talented guys around, you know, around the super clubs, and 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 you know, we've now, you know, we've met with all the GMs of the super clubs, and they're well aware of how we want to go about, you know, using using some of their back end players, especially their younger guys, you know, as a development tool for them next year and over the next World Series, more so than you know, more so than now, we're sort of giving them plenty of heads up and 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 you know, trying to be part of the conversation where they'll. They'll work with us, and then you know this year when the force ran into some problems, they ended up um, they ended up having a forfeit the game, not forfeit the game, but uh, postponed the game because of COVID. But yeah. at one stage there, we were we were giving them four players to uh, to help fill you know fill a backline uh, when they needed it. So you know it's a it's a two way street where they can help us, uh, you know they can help us, and and we can help them, you know. Yeah. Well, looking ahead then, you've got next up the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. So late July, early August, I think it's 28th of July or something like that. Um, How are you guys currently preparing for the competition? And are we going to be seeing any of the regular sevens players who weren't available in London uh, make an appearance at Birmingham? Uh, Well, of those guys, Henry Hutchison's obviously highly likely he didn't play in London. Um, We're having some conversations uh, around some guys you probably read in the papers, Samu and and, and a few other guys um, uh, are in the are in the conversation. We what we have to do with the with the Commonwealth Games is we have to do a what they call a long list, um, and you put on pretty much every player that could be contention. So we we covered a lot of bases and, and had a lot of Super Rugby players on there. Obviously, we have to wait and see who's playing for the Wallabies. Mm. Now we've got Australia A. Oh, yeah. there's, yep. there's, there's there's lots of um, there's lots of things which can affect that. Um, you know, but certainly we're having having some conversations around a couple, only a couple of high end players to to add a bit of uh, X factor to us. We're, we're pretty uh, happy the way we're travelling, and we don't want to rock the boat. We're not we're not bringing uh, we're not going to bring players in to to be a fix or to be a um, you know to be what we rely on winning it for us. We're actually you know just thinking that they can just add a little bit of X factor at, the, at you know at different stages potentially and. Uh, give the group a bit more of a, um, you know, a bit of a bit more of polish, I suppose, about how we go about it. But uh, they may not happen. Like I said, there's a lot of football to be played between now and yep. when we get com games for some of these guys. So you know, if, if we end up with the group that I've got with me now, you know, we're we're really happy. We'd be really happy with that group too. And we really know we know that they're they're working towards being successful. I mean, the Commonwealth Games are pretty much take out Argentina. They're pretty much. It's pretty much all the top teams on the World Series, so it's really, yep. uh, it's really difficult. You know, it's 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 as hard as it's as hard as anything you're gonna you're gonna play really. So, um, from that point of view, it's a great challenge. But but we're 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 training well. We go to New Zealand, uh, we go to New Zealand next week, and we play uh, over three days. Uh, we play you know again. We play the same sort of teams we're going to be seeing over there. You know, Samoa, New Zealand, Fiji, uh, and then there'll be Papua New Guinea and and um, uh, 
another term that escapes me at the moment, but Tonga maybe. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have a little, and it's an Oceania tournament, but mm-hmm. you know, for us, it's, it's going to be not so much focusing on, um, you know, the winning of that. It's more around preparing how we want to, you know, how we want to play and, and training through that tournament to, to be in best shape for the Commonwealth Games. Before you mentioned the pathway system that Rugby Australia has implemented now with the Wallabies Australia A and the Sevens program, when we come to players like, say, Mark Nwanganitawasi or Dylan Peach, a little bit of experience there in the Sevens program may be selected in that Australia A program. Who gets the final decision on where they get to play? Does it come down, like when we're looking at the Sevens program compared to sort of the Australia A program, does it fall with the player to make that decision that they want to pursue Sevens um... or... I, I suppose the, the player will have a say in it. I mean, ultimately, the Wallabies will probably give the directive where they have to be and where they see their best value both ways. Like I said, it's not just it's not one way traffic in the mm-hmm. sense of um, you know potentially you know if we say Sami, for example, like this, you know, obviously you know Wallabies, you know, he's going to be uh, in the Wallaby mix. You know, um, if they've, they've selected him as one of their three. You know, law player, so you know he's going to be in that mix. So it's not necessarily um, the one and only decision because if they send him, uh, if they send him or agree to send him to the Commonwealth Games, that would mean that he foregoes uh, some form of Test football at some stage throughout the throughout the the, the you know, our winter. You know, so they're seeing that as a bigger, um, I suppose, bigger value um, for Australian rugby is, 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 is him would be coming with us would be that as a bigger return for Australian rugby, you know, so that's really important for us, you know, and and saying, um, Dylan and Mark have both spent times, um, both Dylan, obviously a lot more, um, time in our program. Mark's, uh, been in our development programs, went to Oceania last year and, and, obviously has a great school, um, skill set for sevens. Uh, and and like I said, and, and other guys, as you've mentioned, that you know, Tim Anstey's a lot, a lot of guys that are now starting to, um, you know, make their own names um, in in fifteens, whatever it be. That you know, if they're not picked uh, up or or they decide that their service is better required with us, so um, it'll be someone higher up the food chain than me making that decision. Um, but I will have I will have decision or I will have to agree that I do want to take them. Yeah. Um, you know, if they want to send me Taniella. Uh, <laughs> He'll just run over everyone. He'd go okay. No, he'd go okay. Um, we'll, yeah, take no, we'll take it. We'll take it. I'll take it. We'll work out a game plan to suit him. Yeah. That would just be one of the best sights to see on a rugby field ever. <laughs> Nella playing seven. You could probably um, put him in, in a scrum by himself. He could go against three guys <laughs> and just have a few extra backs. He was in the gym at RA this week and um, very, very impressive. Um, very impressive lifting weights and pushing weights around and uh, – yeah, I think a lot of our boys would uh, would mind being uh, on the same team as him, that's yeah. for sure. Yep, exactly. Um, well, one of the players that has absolutely lit up the stage, particularly this year, is Corey O'Toole. He's just a walking highlights reel. Every single time he touches the ball, you just think he's going to score a try and make a break, just run the whole field. Um, he has obviously signed with the Brumbies and for 2022. What strengths do you think he is going to be able to uh, bring and how do you think he's going to be adjusting to obvi- what you mentioned before that lack of space uh, and time that you have when you shift across into the fifteen man game? Um, well, look, I think he'll do well. It, it may take some time. I mean, he, to be fair, he came out of the Brumby system to us, um, so he was already you know he was already on there, well and truly on their radar. So 
and he's got a he's a wagger boy. He's got a great desire to um, a great desire to go and play uh, for the Brumbies. Um, and um, you know, we want to like, again. We want to be part of that. I suppose, you know, we, we want to we want to show that we're part of that pathway for him and, and we're helping him do that. So, I mean, speed, you know, it's not for sale anywhere sort of thing. So when you've got when you've got what he's got, it's it's a real asset, you know. What he'll have to do, and the Brumbies will do a great job with him, I'm sure, will be, you know, working on his kicking game, you know, uh, working on how, you know, how can, how can he expose or pick defences when, you know, he doesn't have the space he has, you know, now where he's got to run through, uh, you know, traffic more than around it. You know, he's got a good offload. Um, he's got a good offload. He's like I said, he's got great skills. You know, there, there's parts which which we we've still got him till, um, yeah, basically the end of you know this this season and the World Cup. So we've still got him for a while yet. So I like to I like to think that we'll continue to develop a lot of his ground skills. His defence is improving all the time. You know, so he'll be he'll be a, a decent. Um, He'll be a decent product, and he'll he'll push. You know, he'll push their, their You know, they've got a very you know, well credentialed sort of bunch of uh, of finishers there on the wingers. So, you know, he'll push those guys, and when he gets his opportunity, he'll be ready to go. Um, he'll be ready to go. But you know, the the good thing is, and actually, with the way we're working at the moment, is that if he's not playing for the Brumbies and if he's not part of it, well, he can you know, come back and join us and he'll be able to slot in really easy because he's because he's trained with us and we know him and, and you know, it's a very easy transition for him to drop back in, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, when I say we're excited by it because we want him to be somebody who goes on and does well and, and you know, um, he's seriously lit up this, you know, he's seriously lit up the seven series, you know. I mean, every every team, every country, all the commentators just, just love watching him play, you know, and uh, I'm glad he's on the entertainment, you know. Yeah. Now, we have been going on for a while and we are conscious of your time, John. We could probably talk rugby all evening and we don't want to take up too much of your time. So we have sent some, um, we've got some fan questions that have come in that we thought we'd ask you. So the first one comes from 1968 Myers and he says, we have a well-established pathway now, but how do we retain our top players? From a sevens point of view, you know, as as I'm saying, like we, we we kind of we want to keep exposing them to sevens, and then and then, like I said, you, we're always going to have players like you know Morris Longbottom that are that are almost you know traditional or seven specialists, if you want to call them that. You know, Henry Hutchison, some of these guys are going to be with us, and they're going to commit to us, and then we're going to have the other guys that are peripheral guys that are coming through the system. Um, and they're adding value and we're adding value to them and they're going to go. So, you know, it, it's not an us and them. It's not a, mm. it's not a competing, you know, like I said, we, you know, we've got enough competition with other sports. We don't need to be competing with our own. Um, importantly, if we can keep producing and, and, and doing it consistently, what it will do is it'll give the super teams a lot more faith to, to send players back to us, knowing that when they're coming into us, they're, they're actually leaving here better than yeah. what they came in and, and and we're improving them so it'll become very much a two-way street which is what we're looking at being and and that's going to be time and we're going to be we've got to earn that right like that you know we can't just ask for that we've got to earn that right by sending players back to them in better shape and, and sending them back in with better skills and better better development more mature athletes and and the longer we can do that and the more trust that we get uh from those franchises you know like i said it, it'll become very much a you know we're not we're not competing. We're not, you know, like I said, at, at this stage, we're not seen as a gold medal program. So we don't get the funding of a gold medal program. So our funding is limited. But, you know, again, mm. if we can winning, if we can be consistently on the podium, you know, we're going to start 
getting a lot more um, belief from people outside our system, and, and that and that will you know that will mean contracts and opportunity to keep players with us longer and things like that. Hugh ninety six asks or says the Oz team has been playing so well this season. Great win in London, very well deserved. What have been the main changes? Uh, probably the, the biggest change we've made straight up was defence. Uh, we just changed system, did a hell of a lot of work on that. Um, uh, I look after, I suppose, the contact areas and the defence areas and Chucky looks after the attack areas. So we both sort of went about our, our, our own sort of strengths. Um, Chucky worked really hard on passing um, and got them, you know, has got them really executing their set plays and starter plays really well. So so that was, you know, we, we felt we got some really, uh, well, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there, we, which, we, which we knocked off quickly. Um, and then, like I said, we worked really hard on defence, which... As a rule, as a rule, we're, we're continuously improving just a little bit at a time, but we're getting better at it, and, and you know, and we're and we're staying in the fight for a lot longer, uh, and we've got some good strike power. So if we can if we can hang in there defensively, uh, we know that when we get the ball, we're going to be able to score, you know, um, two or three tries as long as we get you know our even share of ball. So that that generally puts us in most games, and, and even when we've lost games, we've only just lost. You know, we haven't. Uh, we haven't sort of been badly beaten for a while. So, you know, that means our attitude around defence is getting better. Hugh Tindall asks, Tom Carter on the SNC team seems to be getting quite a bit of a rap recently. What's he done that's so special and what contributions has he made? Yeah, well, Tommy is, Tommy's still with the girls, so he didn't change over with us. But, um, uh, you know, Tommy's a really passionate guy and, and he's very um, great work ethic. Um, and, you know, he, he brings a real emotive side to training and, and, and has their ability to to inspire athletes, I suppose. And, and he's you know decided he wants to focus on, on women's sport, which is which is great. Uh, great for him and great for the for the women's program because he's really um, athletically got them in great um, in a great position. Um, and and hopefully when he's I suppose to achieve what he wants out of uh, out of that side of things, you know, he then might um, he might then look at you know doing you know a super franchise or you know or something else with with with, with rugby. But at the moment, he's doing a terrific job with the girls. Um, he's a very intelligent guy. He's got four degrees and and you know he's, he thinks a little bit outside the square, but he always listens. Um, you know, and we I suppose we 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 work together. Uh, for a few years and really um and really got this young group of girls uh that are performing well now um heading in the right direction so um yeah no like i said definitely somebody who's got a who's got a part to play in rugby uh for australia for a while to come i think hugh 96 says it's great to see oceania sevens in a couple of weeks including png and tonga but how tough is it playing new zealand and fiji all the time is it you have to play the best to be the best or how do you guys approach that yeah there is there is a bit of that and, and you know i suppose we've been uh we went we had a similar sort of tournament just against new zealand and, and fiji um earlier in the year and we lost six games um from six uh, and it was just felt like we we're just in a washing machine, and we're just getting thrown around by these big guys. But ultimately, you know, when we played, um, when we've played those teams on the circuit since, we're better for it. So um, I'm using that. Um, I suppose that same principle now is is that yeah, you know, you want to be the best, you got to be the best. But we also have to learn to how to compete with them and how to and how to and how to handle them. And and they're they're both very different sort of teams, very physical teams, but very different sort of teams. So the more we can uh, we can see them and the more that we can expose ourselves to them, the better we're going to be when it gets to, you know, big tournaments, 
you know, in saying that every tournament's big these days, but 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 the more we see them, you know, the better we are. And it's been announced in the last few weeks that Sydney Sevens is back on the agenda for next year, or yeah, early next year. Um, yeah. How does that how does that feel for the seven Australian Sevens team to have a home tournament again after so many years without it? Yeah, it's it's massive, and I mean, you know, in two thousand eighteen, both uh, both teams won. Um, you know, both teams won goal, which was which was huge, and that was um, that was at the SFS. So, obviously, being back there the first time, we'll be back there. Um, you know, see all the new SFS. Um, we'll be back there for the first time, and I'm sure the crowds will, will come out. And, and it's really important for us on two fronts. As I said, we're not um, you know we're not uh, really cashed up at the moment post COVID, and so it's really important that, that the rugby community get behind and support us because it's basically it's our you know, it's our one opportunity to yeah. actually get bums on seat and put some money um, through the programs. Um, and it's also really important that people, um, you know, come and, and, and support it for the, for the players who, who, you know, give their all and it's their only chance to, to play in front of their home crowds each year, you know. I guess on that point that you just mentioned, um, rugby sevens doesn't really get a lot of media in the mainstream at the moment. What can fans do to help support the program? Um, is there any way that they can contribute uh, any funds if they want to, or is it just about tuning in oh, when look, it's available? I, I, I think I think that you know the support. Uh, you know, we we, we televised. Yeah, you know, we're on. Um, yeah, you know, B now, so they've got the rights, um, which is one of the Fox uh, one of the Fox channels. We're on B yeah. uh, live, and we play. The problem is often we're playing it you know, two or three in the morning. Yeah. So it's not always can be cons. But you know, our social our social media stuff's pretty pretty strong. Well rugby's excellent with their mm. social media. Um and you can follow the team really well. Um and and I think I suppose that again it's one of the things we're working on is to be better as a as an organization around and promoting and marketing the teams and 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 hopefully the more successful we are that becomes an easier uh, an easier pitch, I suppose. And you know, we're competing obviously at the moment. You know, the week we won in London, there was um, there wasn't a heap of uh, um, media on us, but you know there was the same week there were Wallaroos announcements of teams. There were there were uh, Super Rugby's playing in semi-finals or quarter-finals, or there was last round or whatever it was. You know, so there was so much. You know, there was you know there was there was twenty articles that come out between the, the you know the, the, when we sort of won the medal to you know we got home on the Wednesday morning, and there was a heap of you know a heap of different news stories that had come out, and that's the that's the world we live in, I suppose. So we, we've just got to be a little bit better at uh, sharing the good news around the teams um, and making sure that um, you know, you know, I, I like to see stories on the boys and, and, and promotion on the boys because I know how hard they work. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes they sit in the shadow of the, of the girls that have been really successful, but but these guys work their butts off, and and you know they'll get their opportunity, and, and their time will come to to enjoy the sunshine. Um, but, you know, we, like I said, at the moment, we're, we're um, you know, heads down, bum up and just trying to work to, to be consistent. You know? Looking forward then for any new fans, because um, we have a mostly 15s audience that listens to the pod, any people that might be tuning in for some of their maybe first times watching sevens. Obviously within 15s, you have a very clear idea of the different elements of the starting 15. You have the front row, the locks, back row, different areas of the back line and stuff. When we look at the seven players on the field for a sevens team, how are the different positions or roles broken up and how should we as fans be watching the different involvements of players? Probably the biggest thing is 
everyone's got to pretty much got to be able to do everything. And mm-hmm. so you, know, you don't have the designated halfback. So we spend a lot of time in training doing halfback passing because everyone, whoever's nearest to the ruck is the halfback. You know, you can't send one person across the field back and forth all the time like you do in 15. So, so really simple stuff like that is, is, is you know, is that everyone's, everyone's doing everything. I mean, not everyone's scrummaging and, and, and line out jumping, but you know, in, in a in a squad of twelve, you've probably got to have over half the people that are capable of doing that. Um, you know, most of our backs are transitional. You know, most can, our half backs can play a couple of positions. A lot of our a lot of our ball players will also play hooker. Um, so they've got to be able to scrummage. You know, um, I know Matty Gonzalez, who you know I've had a lot of obviously time with him at Eastwood and. You know, he's been playing half and five eight. I said to him, mate, I've got to start putting in scrums. And he looked at me like, you're kidding me, aren't you? Like, you know, football, at the end of the day, you want to play, you know, you want to be on the field. Like, you've got to be able to, you know, you've got to be able to add value somewhere. So, yeah. um, you know, so it's been, um, uh, you know, that's part of obviously the game, you know, and you've got to be adaptable around, you know, be able to play. I mean, um, you know, like Samu played at the Olympics, played, at, you know, played centre and then moved into the front row. Like I said, you know, obviously things like that don't happen in, mm in 15s but yeah. but in but in our, in our game that 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 can happen and does happen all the time you know and, and the ability of guys to be able to give you um, multiple attacking weapons um you know whether it's forwards or back you know we, you keep in mind we, we we go some games you know we i think the tournament we just had we had four line outs in the tournament um yeah. you know a few a few more scrums you know but um you know not a massive amount of scrums so there's not a lot of set piece you know that the game's the game's won on kickoffs um, and 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 turnovers. You know like that's where the game's really won. So if you can retain possession off a kick uh, or get it back off a kick, you know it's a, it's a massive. Yeah, it's like a tight end scrum sort of thing in fifteens. Yeah. Well, mate, best of luck for the next couple of months. You've got three big competitions with the Oceania Sevens, then Birmingham, and then hopefully claiming the World Series title over in Los Angeles. So let's see how those all roll out. Best of luck. And thank you so very much for your time on the pod. It's been an absolute pleasure and great to get a bit more word out about the Sevens program. I really appreciate it, guys. And uh, anytime you want me back, you want the boys back, it's a shout. I'd love to get them on. Yeah, Love your work. <laughs> Thanks so much, mate. Good luck with it. Cheers.